0: What a wonderful day of worship we've had already, haven't we? I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if you have any kind of musical background or not, but to coordinate that many people in that many styles of music and all that going on takes a tremendous amount of skill and, and effort, and uh, we are so blessed to have Dwayne, he worked so hard to make this possible today, we truly are, Amen. Outstanding job, everybody! And uh, we need to be in prayer for him. Dwayne has pneumonia. He's been up all night, and uh, but you wouldn't know it, would you? He's still here today, and and just singing his heart out. And so, so thankful for him. We want to pray for him. Well, today we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And when Jesus died on the cross, He made forgiveness possible. He made it possible for you and I to be forgiven. Hopefully, he also made it possible for you and I to learn to forgive one another. You know, forgiveness is one of those things. It's not really a hot topic. If if I wanted to draw a crowd, I would not announce it. You know, the other Sunday I preached on envy. Probably wouldn't announce that either. But it's real things that we all struggle with, isn't it? Forgiveness is is hard, but Jesus taught this. Matthew chapter five, verses forty three through forty six. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, and so the sermon that Jesus delivered. Listen to what he said. Notice that Jesus said about this statement, he says, you have heard that it was said. You've heard that it was said. It's very significant that he did not say you have heard that it is written. For in the New Testament, when it talks about it is written, it always refers to something written in the scripture. But Jesus did not say this was written in the scripture, but he said, you have heard it said, for this teaching is not found in the scripture. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. In fact... This is what the scripture says, Leviticus 19, 18. It says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. Listen to this. Here's the phrase that is a partial quotation But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Well, did you notice that in the Bible it says nothing about our enemy? It simply says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But by the time of Jesus' ministry, people had already taken that verse and they had added to it. And so they created a saying, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The same is true today. There's so many things that people get a whiff of scripture and then add to it and we pass it around. And many people think that this is actually taught or said in the Bible. But the Bible did not command us to hate our enemies. And Jesus teaches us that we're to actually, instead of hating them, we are to pray for them and we are to be forgiving. Matthew West wrote a song. It's, it's, it's an old song now, but it's so powerful even today. It says, it's the hardest thing to give away and the last thing on your mind today. It always goes to those who don't deserve it's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they caused is just too real. It takes everything you have to say the word. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard, isn't it? It's hard. When I first started out in full-time ministry, I, I, I served part-time in a church while I was in college. And when I graduated college, and went full-time into ministry. And there was a pastor in our association. I don't know why, But he set his sights on on me. And I don't know if it was envy, jealousy, fear, or some mix of all of that. But he would constantly slander me in the community and just did everything that he could to make life very difficult for me. So he was not really one of my favorite people. Uh, When I started started a church, I was working with the Tennessee Baptist Convention and I was working with the North American Mission Board. And he actually, he called the convention and told them all these lies about that I was uh, uh, sitting at this church to do, do different things. And uh, in fact, one day I was in my front yard and from my front yard, I could hear him talking to the neighbor across the street from me about that I didn't believe in angels and I didn't believe in the virgin birth and I was a liberal and all these different things. And he would do this quite often. He would slander me all over the community. So I, so I really just didn't like him very much. And, and we, we went to this conference my wife and I on praying through the scriptures and so Don Whitney if you ever get a chance to read anything written by Don Whitney I'd, I highly recommend it but he wrote this book entitled praying through the scripture and he held a conference and at this conference we're all gathered together as church and he spends the first couple hours explaining all these ideas and, and how he does it and then he asks us to all pull out our bible and he says for the next 30 minutes we're going to put into practice everything that I've just talked about and so we sat there in this conference and, and Don had said, you know, when you, when you read through the Scripture, the Holy Spirit will bring things to mind that you need to pray about. And the Holy Spirit will bring people to your mind that you need to pray about. So I had just gotten down a few verses, and uh, uh, that pastor came to mind. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be rash. I want to be sure it was from the Holy Spirit, so I just left that alone, you know, and moved on to pray about something else. But, but God kept bringing that person to my mind. And so... I, I began to pray for him and in that moment God God helped me to forgive him and just just let it go let it go we were riding home that day and I, and I told my wife she was aware of everything he had done and I told my wife about that experience you know and how God had helped me just to forgive him as I prayed through the scriptures but you know it's a hard thing to do it's hard and I want to tell you that story because I want you to understand that I realize how hard it is I, too, have been wronged at different times. And I, too, have had to forgive people. But I've also had many times that I've been in need of forgiveness. I want to ask you this question today. Who's the person that you least want to forgive? You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he prayed in that moment. And he prayed and he asked God to forgive those who were crucifying him. Today we're looking at Luke chapter 23. We'll begin in verse 32 and read through verse 43. I want to ask you, would you join me in standing just out of honor and reverence for God's word as we read this together. Luke chapter 23 beginning in verse 32. The Bible says, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull... There they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him Father, it's it's my heart's desire that everyone here would one day see the paradise that you promised this man. Father, help us. Help us to forgive just as you forgave. Lord, may we receive your forgiveness that we could become changed people, living a life for your glory and for your honor for it's in Christ that we pray amen you may be seated the Bible says in the passage that we just read and when they came to the place that is called the skull there they crucified him not a lot of focus on the details but you and I understand what's involved in crucifixion he was crucified you see Jesus was tortured to death so that we could be forgiven he was tortured to death. Crucifixion began with a scourging that would take place before the person was actually nailed and hung on the cross. And many people, this, this this scourging with a whip, many people never made it to the cross because they died before they even got there because it was so brutal. Unless you've studied crucifixion, probably, whatever image you have in your mind is, is insufficient to describe the torture that Jesus endured. Perhaps we've all seen those those paintings where Jesus is hanging on the cross. And as he's hanging there, there's there's a single single stream of blood from one of the thorns that's pierced his skull. And from his hands there's a little little patch of blood and a little stream. Friend, that's that's not anything what Jesus would have looked like. The Romans were cruel, barbaric people. And what took place before a person was crucified is that with this this whip that had been designed just for this purpose people were beaten they were beaten to the point that their flesh was torn open and Jesus as he hung on the cross would have hung there a gruesome bloody mess but he endured this torture so that you and I could be forgiven we hear this phrase there they crucified him until we really understand how painful and cruel this was we don't really comprehend what it means that he was crucified you know today if you hear in the news that someone was raped you you have an image in your mind you kind of know what's involved in that 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 abuse if you hear that someone was drugged from their vehicle and, and beaten half to death, we, we, we can picture that. We, we know what took place. But for most of us, crucifixion is foreign. When we hear there they crucified him, we get this, this little sterile image of our mind of Jesus hanging there with, with some nails in his hands that, that hurt a little bit. But friend, it was not like that. Jesus was, Jesus was tortured. And he's hung on the cross and suffered. He did so that you and I could be forgiven so that we could be saved. You see, as they hung him on the cross, they drove nails through his hands and his feet. I can't imagine the pain that comes from just that act of being attached to the cross. But then as he was lifted up, Jesus died the same way that all people that were crucified died you see what takes place is as you begin to hang there from your hands and with your feet nailed up it becomes more and more difficult to pull your body up and to be able to breathe and so people would eventually die from suffocation many people would drown in their own fluid as they hung there you see, that's why when the Romans wanted to speed it up, they come along and they would break the prisoner's legs. The reason that they broke their legs is so that they could no longer push up and breathe and so they would suffocate and die faster. It's a cruel, painful way to die, but Jesus endured it so that you and I could be forgiven and could be saved. Jesus not only endured the physical pain of the crucifixion, but he endured humiliation as well, so that you and I could be forgiven. Luke 23, verses 35 to 39, listen what it says. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The Bible says, The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. That inscription was meant to mock Jesus and his claims. The Bible says that one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. You see, the amazing thing about Jesus is that Jesus not only taught us but jesus lived everything that he taught and jesus who had taught us that when insulted to simply turn the other cheek he modeled this for us as all of these people insulted him you see jesus did not endure this because he had no other options jesus endured this for your sake and for our sake matthew 20 26 53 through 54 this is the passage when they came to arrest jesus in the garden and peter drew his sword and struck one of the men and jesus rebuked him and listen to what jesus said do you think that i cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels but listen to this but how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so Jesus did not endure the pain and the suffering, nor the insults and the mockery because he had no other choice. Jesus endured because he restrained every power that he had and gave himself up as a willing sacrifice so that you and I could be forgiven and we could be saved. But Jesus not only endured physical suffering and pain, he not only endured humiliation and mockery but he bore the wrath of God so that you and I could be forgiven Matthew tells us in Matthew 27 46 and about the ninth hour about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying Eli Eli lima sabachthani that is my God my God why have you forsaken me you see as Jesus hung on the cross You and I can't even fully understand it but he bore all the wrath of God for our sin so that you and I even though we are guilty and deserve to be punished can be forgiven and can be set free because Jesus paid the penalty for us. Do you remember what Jesus prayed when he was in the garden of Gethsemane? Jesus knew everything that was about to take place and the Bible tells us in Matthew 26 39 and going a little farther he fell on his face and prayed saying my father If it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as you will he prayed if it is possible let this cup pass from me if you read the bible you'll notice that from the old testament to the new testament there's this this image of god's wrath being poured out it talks about this all throughout the bible about god's wrath being poured out And so this this cup is the image of the wrath of God. And Jesus, who did not want to seek suffering, he just knew it was necessary for your sake and for my sake. He prayed, Father, if there's any will, any way in your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You see, Jesus Jesus knew all that was involved in his suffering on the cross. But instead of rejecting that cup, he took it and he drank it to the very last drop so that in the end he could say, it is finished. Do you know what it means that it's finished? It means that everything necessary for your life to be changed Everything that's necessary for you to be forgiven, everything that's necessary for you to inherit eternal life, everything that's necessary for you to have a home in heaven was accomplished that day when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He died for you so that you could be forgiven. You see, the death of Jesus was a display of his love for us. Romans 5.8 says this, But God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, it's amazing to think that God knew us in our weakest, darkest, filthiest moment. But yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, even as Jesus suffered immeasurable pain on the cross, even in that moment, Jesus prayed for his enemies to be forgiven. When we think about the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount that we opened with today, when he said to pray for your enemies, oh, it's, it's a difficult teaching. It's a hard thing to do. But Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he has not already done. The verse 34 of Luke 23 says, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them For they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. You know, to forgive means to remove guilt. It means we no longer hold the other person responsible. It doesn't undo a wrong that's been done. But to forgive means that we we let go of blame. We let go of guilt. And we receive someone as though they never hurt us. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross, dying and suffering in our place, he prayed, Father, forgive them. Do you know in these words, Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 12, this is what it says. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death. And was numbered with the transgressors. Remember, there was a criminal hung on each side of him. Yet he bore the sin of many. And listen to this. And makes intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah had prophesied that as the Christ was crucified, he would pray. He would pray for the transgressors. And so Jesus, as he hung there on the cross that day, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. You know, there's two questions I think the death of Jesus raises for all of us. The first one is this. What's what's keeping you from being forgiven? You see, Jesus, Jesus knew everything you were ever going to do. The Bible tells us that God is is all-knowing. His knowledge is not limited to the present or the past, but he even knows the future. And he knew everything you were ever going to do. He knew every mistake. He knew every lustful thought. He knew every greedy act. He knew everything you would ever do. And yet, he still chose to go to the cross and die in your place so that you could be forgiven. John, John chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. Listen to what it says about receiving Jesus. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. His own are the Jews, the, the people that had been given the law and placed in charge of the temple. The religious leaders of Jesus' day. The Bible says he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But listen to this. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, as we sit here today, there's people from from, from every walk of life and, and every background there's people here today that from different countries around the world there's people here today that were raised in church and there's people here today that, that just started coming recently for the first time we're in all different places in life we come from all different backgrounds we have all different levels of economic means but i want you to understand that the same promise is available to every single one of us it doesn't matter where you were born who you were born to what you did throughout your life what you have now if you'll receive the Lord Jesus Christ you can become a child of God you see Jesus died to make all this possible for you but in order to receive it we've got to believe and trust only in him you see so many people today won't receive the Lord Jesus as their savior because they're too busy saving themselves They're trying to do all the good that they can so that their good will outweigh their bad. But friend, it doesn't work that way. The reason that so many people think that they're good is because they compare themselves with their neighbor. And you might be, you might be the best person in your household. I don't know. You might be the best person where you work. You you might possibly be the best person in our community. But when you stand before God, none of that will matter. Because other people in your community are not the standard by which God judges us. Jesus Christ is the standard. And when we're compared to him, we all fall short. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Because he knew that you and I could not save ourselves. And when Jesus died on the cross, he died in your place so that you could be forgiven. So what's keeping you from receiving him? And being forgiven. There's a second question I think Jesus' death asks of all of us What's keeping you from forgiving others? Ephesians 4 32. Let's know what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You see Jesus not only died so that we could be forgiven he also died so that we could learn to forgive he set the standard for us he taught us and he modeled it for us to forgive something means to to let it go and I suspect there's a lot of people here today that there's somebody in your life said something to you did something to you and you carried it around caged up like a caught animal and everywhere you go it's in the back of your mind every time you see them Every time you think about them, it comes up. Listen. You know what the Bible says about the sins of those who are forgiven? It says that the Lord removes them as far as the east is from the west. As far as the east is from the west. That means he remembers them no more. That's what God has done for us. If you believed and trusted in him, that's what he's done with our sins. And he calls us to do the same for other people. So if you're here today and you've just got something you just can't let go of, can, can I, would you just pray about that? Just pray about it. If you'll ask God to give you the power to let it go, he'll, he'll let you, he'll help you. Because we have been forgiven of so much. You and I, we need to forgive others as well. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your son and his death in our place. And Lord, I pray if there's any person here that's never received him as Savior and as Lord, I pray that right now when we begin to sing, that they'll call out on you to you in prayer. Father, I pray for those of us here that are believers, God help us to forgive one another. And Lord, give us the humility to recognize. There are times that we need others to forgive us for it's in Christ name that we pray amen right now we're going to sing a song and after we sing this song we're going to celebrate the lord's supper the lord's supper is it's a symbol that god has given us to remember the death of christ and when we celebrate the lord's supper we eat bread that reminds us of jesus body broken for us and we drink the juice that reminds us that his blood was poured out for us for our for our forgiveness but first I want to ask you something have you ever received the gift that God is offering you you see Jesus when he died on the cross what he did it, it's enough to pay for all of your sin but you're not forgiven until you ask he offers the gift but you and I must reach out and receive it There comes a time in everyone's life when they make the choice to no longer trust in themselves, no longer trust in other religions, no longer trust in anything else but trust and believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. When you come to that point in your life, here's what the Bible says. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a promise That means that right now, if you'll call on God in prayer and sincerity, you got to believe it. It's not a spell. There's no magic words. It's got to be your heart. Your heart speaking to the heart of God. If you cry out in faith and believing, today you can be completely forgiven of everything you've ever done. And you can be saved from all that you deserve to receive. Because Jesus... Jesus died paying for all those sins so that today you could be forgiven. For those of us here today that are forgiven, in the opening of the message, I said, who's the person that you least want to forgive? If someone came to your mind today, there's probably something you need to do right now. You see, we can't serve God with all of our heart while we're holding on to forgiveness, unforgiveness. When you refuse to forgive other people, it it just festers, it swells, it makes you bitter. Not to mention, it's rebellion and disobedience against God's command to forgive one another. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you, you don't know what this person did to me. I'll tell you this all sin is against God and you've done more to God than any person's ever done to you whether you understand that or not you've been forgiven of more than God will ever ask you to forgive anyone else of so just as Christ forgave us we need to forgive one another so right now if you want to make a decision to receive Christ I want to ask you, when we sing, would you just come forward and meet me at the front? I'd love to.